Hi everyone, this is Igor from Amazonia PPC, and in today's episode, I will be hosting Chelsea Cohen, Amazon seller and inventory expert, also a co-founder of SellStock.com. We will be discussing a hot topic on how to avoid stocking out or overstocking to maximize sales revenue. Uh, hi Chelsea, and thank you for being my guest. Yes, thank you for having me. Awesome. Uh, so uh, for everybody to, to know who you are, just give us a brief intro, how you started selling, when was it, and how you ended up being a co-founder of SoStocked.com. Sure. Um, yeah, so I started selling in 2014, and uh, we made our first sale in July of that year and uh, became full-time sellers uh, within a year of that. So I've been selling full-time uh, for, for several years. And in terms of inventory management, it was something that I uh, gradually recognized as a major um, factor in losing margin and losing profitability. Looked at, you know, what are those things that I can actually control? You know, I can't control competitors coming in or prices having to be, you know, reduced or Amazon raising their fees but I could control the inventory side of things and I could avoid stocking out or overstocking. And those were some things that were occurring in my business that were uh, draining revenue and draining profitability. So I started diving into it, uh, learning more about inventory management. Yeah, awesome. Uh, I, the, the first thing that I, uh, I noticed that back in 2014 and, and those uh, initial years, uh, I cannot think how from my perspective and having in, in mind what are the current issues with, with sellers and all the mess that uh, is right now uh, with COVID and everything with, with inventory back in 2014, even then you realize how important it is. So yeah, it, it's a great head start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, we didn't realize when we started getting into uh, inventory management, how much of a big deal, because we started, the, the idea for SoStock started in 2018, and um, I was looking for a tool that would help me to automate the process because as I dove in and started learning more about it and started really becoming um, more systemized with it, it was taking a lot of time to actually get things right. And so I thought, well, there's got to be a tool. And so I looked around, tried other tools, and those tools didn't seem to do what I expected them to do. They weren't giving me what I wanted. So I asked my mastermind uh, friends, what are you using? And the answer kept coming back. Well, we've tried everything. Nothing seems to work. We've gone back to spreadsheets. So that to me, you know, that, that's a common answer. And even now we've got people um, who are still using spreadsheets and we're talking eight figure sellers even using spreadsheets. Um, so I figured, you know, that's an opportunity, you know, me being on the entrepreneur that I am never done, you know, anything in the software world, but figured, you know, I've got to, um, you know, find someone. So I'll just find someone, you know, just, you know, just find someone, you know, just very casually thought that I would just find someone. Um, but actually two weeks after I made that decision that I was going to find someone and do a software, I met my business partner at an event. He was a last minute addition as a speaker at this small event right outside of Houston, Texas. Um, you know, it was a very, very intimate event. And he uh, had been added as a speaker. So we started hanging out because he was friends with 
someone else that I knew. And so we hung out the entire weekend as a little group and he kept complaining that he was bored and he needed a new software project. I already there know. Yes. And there was, <laughs> there I was, you know, looking for someone for software. I knew him by reputation. I had used his software before. Um, I had hung out with him that whole weekend and seen uh, that he was a, a good guy and a smart guy. And so I thought, well, this is just, you know, this is just serendipity. This is the way that it's supposed to be. And I pitched him on my idea and he liked it. And so we started so stocked essentially. Awesome. Awesome. That sounds yeah. incredible. Uh, so um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, the, what was created out of those two brilliant minds? Uh, what are some the key benefits, um, obviously, uh, compared to the other tools? We, we shall not name them, name them of course, but uh, let's give our listeners uh, proof why they should uh, leave the Excel for good. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the big question, you know, how are you different? Since, you know, these other tools out there, we weren't solving the problem, what was it that we could do that was different? And so the idea was we needed to be more customizable. We needed to add uh, all of the things that, that, that you don't have you know, a record of. So there's two parts to inventory forecasting. There's um, the one side is what happened in the past and the other side is what's going to happen in the future. And so you can use past data uh, and that's sort of the science part of it. You can use past data, but then the, the art part of it is the future part. Uh, and it very much includes marketing. What are your plans for marketing? Because, you know, exactly. what happened in the past is only, a you know, a, a portion of what could happen in the future. And if you've got lightning deals or you've got, you know, uh, PPC campaigns, you started working with a PPC agency and they said, we're going to increase your sales by 20% on these SKUs or you're working with an influencer and they think that they're going to move a thousand units, you know, by, uh, based on a sale that they're going to do. All of those things are things that were not able to be done inside of other softwares. So that was a big part uh, of what we decided to do is, you know, putting in that customization and then also being very understandable. So it works like a spreadsheet. We took the spreadsheets and we said, what is working within these, this, and we actually, um, within the first six months, ripped out our entire forecasting algorithm and redid it from the ground up based on the spreadsheets of seven and eight figure sellers that we were working with. We said, give us your spreadsheets, tell us what's working. It's working, but it's not working well. It's prone to error. There are other things they wish that they could do. A so lot of manual all work. That in. Yes, exactly. There was a lot of manual work. So we automated that and then we did, we added things that um, just really data wise wouldn't be uh, very possible with with what you're able to get from Amazon's uh, downloadable reports. It's what's available to Amazon's API and also uh, how to process that data more quickly. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, the thing that probably most sellers really like about the Excel sheets is that, as you mentioned, the customize, uh, ability to customize everything, and but it's really time-consuming and, and I don't see that working uh, on a long-term basis. I mean, just yeah. putting so many hours in, into, into Excel sheets and it's prone to error, as you said. Yeah, exactly. You get one formula wrong, one little number or decimal off and you, know, you have a problem. Um, and the amount of time it takes to apply changes across the board, you know, that was one thing that we made sure is 
that you could do bulk changes. So if you said, I'm going to have a sale and increase, you know, the, the sales on this, on these products, say these 40 products by 20%, you should be able to tag the, those products. And then with the click of a couple of buttons, make that change. Yeah. What I, uh, what we've seen uh, at Amazonia PPC, even uh, there are two kinds of sellers and both of those are experiencing big problems with inventory. Uh, one of those is really uh, a young stars, young by just starting on Amazon, uh, where they see a huge uh, spike in sales, but they were not prepared uh, yeah. on, on, on the inventory side. Uh-huh. Uh, and the other uh, end is the uh, experienced sellers who are just not able to grasp all that growth. So we saw them coming to us and they wanted to grow. So we helped them uh, on our side uh, with the PPC and everything else. But then we issued a stock out and like everything fell apart. So yep. it's really, um, we really saw that inventory management nowadays, especially is a crucial thing for being successful on Amazon. Uh, mm-hmm. not to mention all the other issues. Um, so uh, can you tell us from your perspective a little bit more um, how we ended up having such a, a discrepancy between marketing and, and inventory and how yeah. sellers can benefit from that? Uh, it's easy for me to say about it, let's get better and that sort of stuff. But from your perspective as an inventory expert, what is it yeah. like, do you have some key takeaways for, for sellers that uh, really can help them today to uh, move the needle in the right direction? Yeah, so there are, um, there are two things that I always say are needed in terms of building out your inventory systems. I mean, you know, the first, the obvious things are, you know, you need to make sure that you're uh, calculating your velocity correctly. Um, and, you know, we talk about how we calculate velocity. But uh, the other things to apply are um, something called buffer stock or safety stock. That is having that extra cushion, that extra bit of inventory. So, you know, let's say 30 units uh, or 30, 30 days supply, or, you know, you'll say 30 days supply at Amazon, and then also an, another 30 day supply at, say, your, your warehouse, for example. Having this extra bit of inventory in case anything goes wrong, and the more things that can go wrong, the more of that buffer stock that you need. So, you know, for example, you don't want to ship inventory to Amazon when you're just about to hit zero. You want to ship it in time, especially because it's taking three weeks to check in. You want to have uh, enough inventory coming in. And sometimes, you know, you keep, you would keep buffer stock at your warehouse in China, some at your local warehouse uh, in the States, if you're selling in the States, and then other inventory at Amazon so that you can kind of weather those storms, especially, you know, a lot of people have been increasing their buffer stock, not inside of Amazon because of the restrictions, but outside of Amazon, uh, simply because of the slowing along the supply chain since COVID. You know, we, we see it's going to be, uh, there's going to be delays until, you know, uh, potentially well into 2022. So yeah. the buffer stocks have had to, to be increased that, of course, you know, makes cash flow a little bit more difficult, but there are certain things that you can do, you know, with your supplier by, you know, splitting up the payments and that type of thing. 
Um, so that would be the first thing. And then the, the second thing that I always tell people to do is to get their inventory team and their marketing team to work together. That is extremely important. And that's not something that's often done because we started out as marketers. A lot of people that came into this business started out as marketers or were only, you know, they were taught as much as they needed to be taught to get something live on Amazon. And then everything that is sent our way has always been how to increase sales, you know, how to increase conversion, how to increase traffic. Um, and that side of things, when we are being given that message and that's what we gravitate towards for, you know, 10 years. And then now we're being told, now we are having to really adopt this full holistic business uh, mindset. You know, people talk about scale and they talk about how do you get more money. Um, but inventory is that missing, kind of that missing link between, you know, between marketing and cash flow uh, and the ability to scale. Yeah, I see inventory issues like a knowledge gap, you know, uh, both for, for new sellers and experience, experienced ones. Uh, because uh, nowadays, uh, Amazon sellers are so worried about so many things happening, not just the COVID. That, that can be an excuse for many things. But uh, even without that, uh, we saw a lot of... Um, sellers struggling with inventory and that's in my opinion uh, because they need to worry about so many uh, little details that make their life so stressful as a seller that kind of they they neglect that part which is the crucial one yeah. and for the new sellers they're uh, focused on starting out choosing the, the the product research and everything and they're even not prepared for success yeah. And and we, we keep telling the because we, we get so many leads and not all of them are unfortunately qualified to work with us, but we always try to, to give them something uh, at least as a takeaway by con from contacting us. And it's uh, really often the case that we just share what we see, what we keep seeing, the issues that uh, are keep coming back. Uh, one of the things that uh, I would uh, kindly ask you to share with us a little, little bit more information about uh, sellers who are just starting out, uh, because for, for the uh, for the old guys it's it's uh, a clear topic. But what what was happening with the with the Brexit and the Great Britain and all of that mess that uh, was created by by leaving the EU? So what is it that they need to to take into account and to plan if they're just starting out on on the European markets? Yeah, so if they're just starting out in the European market, um, they may not, that may not mean that they're starting out in, that they're including the UK in their strategies. We're seeing some people only working with the European market um, for, because of the, the Brexit. Because what has happened with Brexit is that, you know, they've left the European Union. And so there has become this kind of invisible customs wall. Um, so anything that passes through that wall is going to incur customs fees. So you can no longer send inventory to say Germany and have it kept in Germany and then pass it to the UK or send it to the UK and then pass it to the rest of, um, the EU because it's going to incur that fee. So it's going to be expensive. 
So when you're, when you are going to be launching in both or you are currently selling in both, you need to kind of keep that in mind. You need to know, you know, whether you have to have, you know, that in both places, which normally you do. And um, they're actually, we, we just kind of dropped this on our, our website. Today, there is new uh, restructuring of the, the EU VAT. So that's something to, for people to keep in mind. There is going to be for people selling, you know, outside who are uh, established outside of the EU, there's going to be changes and who are inside of the EU, there's going to be changes. Um, you can go to Amazon. That's new for me. I, I, I didn't care about it. Okay, I'm going to look yeah. at your website. Yeah. So there's going to be, you know, there's going to be VAT um, taxes, um, you know, imposed, uh, even even further VAT taxes imposed. Amazon's going to collect those. And so you have to, you know, know where to remit them um, based on your sales. So it's kind of like sales tax in the U.S. And uh, so that's going in a little bit more. Um, and then in terms of the UK, you know, you would have separate, you have a separate that for the UK. So you have to learn some of those things, but then also on an inventory level, um, say you're shipping from China, you would have two shipments, one in the, to the UK and one to say Germany or wherever it is that Amazon wants your EU inventory. So you need I to see. track your velocities for the EU as a whole and the UK separately so that you know the size of the order and then you have to do separate shipments. So that's something to keep in mind is that you're tracking those differently. And we, when Brexit was coming, we actually built a, a new structure for how you can structure uh, your account to look at you know, the EU minus, minus the UK and the UK separately so we can forecast you know, orders to both of those places. I see. Are you saying that, um... Right now, it's easier and less expensive to import goods from China to the to UK and to to other EU countries separately, rather than trying to move inventory between UK and the other countries. I mean, you'll have to run the numbers um, because at each shipment is going to have the per shipment flat fees. There are flat right. rates per shipment and then there are rates per you know for the size and the volume of the shipment so it probably will depend on uh the amount of goods you're sending are the flat fees higher by sending two shipments or is the customs fee going to be higher because when you send that inventory it's going to get a customs fee to go into europe for example and then whatever you send to the uk is going to get a second customs fee so you're, if you're sending to each place, you're just going to get that one, you know, entry customs fee. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'm thinking also maybe to some of the, the sellers, maybe having a having inventory filled or let's say refilled uh, in time could be of a greater value than actually uh, being more profitable. Just a thought, because we we saw a, a cases where they would even pay more. Uh, some of them even be at loss, but to actually just have uh, inventory to sell and not to lose rank. Uh, yeah. But uh, I'm probably not wrong if 
it's not only about taxes it's about time that it takes now on the on the on the borders to finish all the documentation and inspections and everything else am i right yeah, yeah it's it's taking a lot longer time there's also um kind of ships that are not able to get into port there's there's a, a clogging um of traffic at the ports so you'll have you know ships that'll be anchored outside of port waiting to come in as well because they're such a slow and then we had the Suez Canal thing you know influenced people um in, influenced a lot of inventory coming in when there's a big ship that got stuck in the Suez Canal it held up another 300 ships uh, and so there's things like that that you have to kind of pay attention to um but you know it is it is that there's just too much there's there's too much of a delay people are trying to get their goods and everything is more delayed uh for that reason um so yeah so i would say yeah that's correct right so i'm getting getting to to understand it finally yeah uh so would you would you like to to give us uh, some of the key features of so stocked and well, how sellers can benefit from it sure um yeah i mean you know, our, the, the most important part of our, of our software is the forecasting tool. That's been the most robust. We have worked with hundreds of sellers. I personally, uh, when we were first, the first two years of building the tool, we're about two and a half years out. So we're finally bringing on um, additional support team. But myself and uh, my partner, Dan, we're handling all the support because we wanted to get all of the feedback. We still have a system for getting that feedback. We have a small team, but that's been a big uh, part of our approach is we wanted to, the feedback is coming from seven and eight figure sellers. These are guys who um, they've been looking for a solution and they see right. it in so stock, but they're saying, you know, what about this? Let's tweak that. So the forecasting, it, it uses um, daily adjusted velocity. And that's something that Amazon doesn't do. And one of the reasons you talk about, you know, you talk about ranking and stocking out affects your ranking. It also is, affects your restock limits. It lowers the restock limits. If you stock out and you're not making sales, um, Amazon's looking at your past, say 30 days of sales. And they're saying, oh, well, you didn't sell during that time. So let's look at what you did sell. And we're going to give you storage based on what you did sell. They're not looking at your main product sells a hundred units a day and it was stocked out for 10 days. So there's a thousand units that you should have. So we should give you, you know, a thousand units times three, we should give you an extra 3000 units of storage. They're going to take those 3000 units away if you stocked out and lost a thousand units in sales. Um, so that's one of the incredible things that is uh, occurring is that you've got these, these stock outs. So when we do our, the calculation, we actually factor the stockouts in. And we say, you know, you would have sold an extra thousand units in that month, and so you need to order based on what you would have sold, not based on what you did sell because you stocked out. So those are some of the main things: is that looking at your daily velocity based on what it truly should have been if you had been fully in stock, and then adding these additional plans, adding these marketing plans. Are you going to be increasing your sales by 15% due to a PPC campaign? Uh, do you have a lightning deal? Do you have an email campaign where you're going to push an extra thousand units this month? All of those things that are now able to be added and then look, being able to look back at 
you know, seasonality and say, you know, what did I do last year? You know, did I have any stock outs? And then we'll plug in those stock out days with what you should have sold. Um, and then being able to manually override, if you're launching a brand new product, let us know, you can type in there, you know, I believe I'm going to start out selling 10 units a day. And you can actually project, you know, new products as well and override any of the numbers, or if you don't have any numbers, be able to enter those, that data in there. Yeah, that, that's so many data points that you mentioned. Uh, clearly, yeah. it would be for thought for, for most of the, of the people selling on Amazon. Yeah. Um, right. Uh, so um, how people can get in contact with you and what's the best uh, course of action for them? Uh, is there uh, maybe a demo? I, I don't know, really, uh, or... or Whatever, what is it that we can offer to them? Uh, the actions that they can take after there. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah. So we have a sostock.com uh, forward slash connect. That's how you can get in touch with me, and it also gives you a link to book a demo call if you're interested in learning about the software. If you want to okay. learn more about um, inventory management, I teach a course on inventory management uh, via webinar. So you can click on a link there that will take you to the webinar so you can learn about how to put some of these systems in place uh, to be able to control your stock. And then- well, um, That's great. Yeah. Okay, and uh, uh, what is it that they can, uh, can you share some uh, bullet points from that webinar? Uh, what is it that they're gonna end up uh, learning, learning about? Yeah, um, how to calculate, you know, your buffer stock. So what is it that you should keep in mind when you're planning on uh, instituting buffer stock? How to, uh, how to put your, you know, marketing plans into your inventory plans and, um, you know, just various different, like what are those mistakes that people are making? Why do people overstock? Why do people understock? Uh, and then, putting systems in place to avoid the over and under stocking. You know, uh, we've been looking at stocking out as a big problem, but we have now been confronted with the change in policy that makes us have to look at, you know, overstocking. A lot of people are looking at their overstock and it's actually becoming a, a marketing issue. The marketing team can't do their job until they get rid of some of that stuff. So the marketing team now has to actually figure out how do we get rid of some of this stuff or, you know, or it just gets pulled. But the best way to do it is to do some sort of a flash sale and, and somehow market that inventory out of Amazon because marketing the, the slow sellers out of Amazon will not just clear up that space, but it will also, um, it will also help you to gain more velocity. So, you know, we'll, so we talk about some of these things, you know, how do we understand the Amazon algorithm a little bit better so that we can work towards that? Awesome. Awesome. Sounds really interesting. Uh, as I said, knowledge gap is big, I think, on inventory. So I'm really glad that uh, you and some of your colleagues uh, are really out there for sellers to really uh, fill that gap uh, for, the, for the benefit. So yeah. that, that's really awesome. Uh, okay, Chelsea, um, thank you very much for being my guest. Is there anything else at the end that you would like to share? Uh... Um, I think that it's just that, you know, we have reached a point where as marketers, 
it is our responsibility to get good at inventory management. I like to use the, the phrase, the term, um, playing the orchestra of your catalog. Marketers are now having to not just hyper-focus on the best sellers, but actually market across their entire catalog. So some of the most important things that you can be doing right now to sync inventory and marketing are to have the inventory team create a report that helps to isolate not only the product that will stock out, but then also a report that isolates those slow sellers and those overstocked inventory. That's something that we have in, in so stock, but it's something that anyone can do. And the inventory team needs to get busy creating those reports and on a you know weekly or a monthly basis, sending them to the marketing team um, because the marketing team really needs that data to be able to sell across the catalog. Awesome, awesome. And I like the word that you said, responsibility. And, and it really is. It's responsibility to know everything about inventory. Uh, okay, Chelsea, thank you very much for being my guest. And again, uh, sostocked.com. And uh, that's where everything starts. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.